and the macros of this. Protein. Oh, it's spicy. I give you the, I give you the non-spicy one because you're, you're, yeah, you're kind of soft. Hello, strength sports fans. Welcome to episode eight of uh, Canadian Strength Cast. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, our May Madness event coming up in. May, and then we'll have a little guest at the end uh, from Ward Smelling Salts. That was a good interview Derek did on Instagram Live. Yeah, so do you want to get right into it? What are you chewing on over there, Derek? Uh, this is this is our first sponsored podcast by Great Canadian Meat, so who's also a sponsor of our Strongman competition. Uh, and I'm having like big time regret. Wow, big time re- <laughs> regrets. <laughs> Sylvester, Sylvester the cat. Uh, every time I hear May Madness, now all I can hear is it should have been called May Mayhem. So. That was, yeah. That was a fault. That was a mistake. Next year. Next year. Next year. Next year. Yeah. So we're also going to ha- need um, uh, great Canadian meat to send us another box because we've already eaten all of them. Um, so that was a, that was also a mistake. It came way too early, and uh, Derek has been munching on meat. <laughs> been swallowing. He's been munching on the may- mayhem meat <laughs> for the last two two months. Um, okay, so let's kind of dive into it. Yeah, did you have an agenda of what you wanted to talk about today? Well, I just wanted to build off of what we talked about with Denny in last episode. Uh, he kind of delved into his quality as a coach, and I threw out on Instagram what, what some people wanted us to talk about, just looking for some topics. And a couple people talked about we, they wanted a preview of the competition, and then uh, a little bit of like mindset going into a competition or kind of like a game day mental attitude and stuff. So I thought we could – I thought being two coaches of – high-level athletes, that's something we definitely pride ourselves into being able to help with is the mental side of it. So I thought that would be a, a good little segue before we talk to uh, Jordan from Ward's Mailing Soul. So what's the first event? So event one is the Axel Clean and Jerk. So basically the way this competition is going to work is anybody who knows us knows we like to do stuff a little bit differently. And uh, so the way our comp is going to be is Saturday, Sunday, two-day event, Saturday, we have four events. Sunday, we have four events. The Saturday is actually Strongman Corporation Canada sanctioned. So it's a qualifier, but only the Saturday. So the placings after Saturday uh, are the standings that get you into provincials. So you do your four events. We take our standings and our weight classes, and that is your qualification into provincials. On Sunday, we flip gears, and it becomes a head-to-head single elimination tournament, which is like the big kind of draw of what I want to do something different yeah I was really fired up when you had that idea that head-to-head aspect is is always is always fun to watch and compete in and this is what I find I find to go to a competition and after basically two events in a five event comp uh, you have your top four or five like if there's 10 guys in the competition after two events half of the field is eliminated they can't win and I wanted to somehow come up with an idea that allowed those guys to keep fighting and have a chance so doing a two-day event, when we did our first two-day event in December, we cut it down to top six athletes, and we had athletes coming in Sunday morning to do some events, knowing that they were getting eliminated after one event. And uh, doing it this way, we can have some upsets. And I, I, I'm seeing a lot of the athletes and just kind of spitballing and guessing and where I'm thinking people will end up after the four events on the Saturday and some possible head-to-head matchups on the Sunday, and I think there's going to be some... There's going to be some angry athletes because they're going to get eliminated 
and it's going to be uh, an upset. So basically, like on Sunday, if you're a 12th ranked athlete, you're going to have a head-to-head event against the fifth ranked, six versus 11, seven versus 10, eight versus nine. One thing with a lot of competitions is like you kind of mentioned that separation. Like after the first couple of events, it's like the guys that are clearly going to move on and the ones that have no shot. And even within that top four to six, there's still like the top guys that probably will win and the other three that probably won't. But this kind of gives it that competitiveness against another person because in strength sports, the good part about it and the kind of shitty part about it is that if you can't do it, you can't do it, right? Whereas on the second day, it'll be implements that everyone can do and it'll be who is the better one at that implement at that time, right? Elimination event number one will be hand-over-hand truck pull. Oh, yes. yes, Straight into a farmer's carry. So basically, like, you got to be athletic and you got to have some grip. Yeah. And those guys will be able to move those those things. Yes. But they will have to – they'll be against someone and it'll be, like – a competition against another person and not always just against yourself where you hit a PR on the deadlift or you hit a PR in reps on something, right? It'll be like, you have to beat that other person because he's capable of doing it. You're capable of doing it. Who does it better and faster? And who wants it more? Yeah. Yeah. And the one of the biggest things is I find with a five event show, you can practice those five events for five or six months, get really good at those five events, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the best strong man in the competition. It means you practice the best. I mean, that's definitely part of competition is practice, but with an eight event, I find, especially as a coach trying to program for the athletes that are competing, uh, you have to be more well-rounded and doing this head to head competition style elimination. You need to be more well-rounded. It's if you get eliminated on the overhead medley, it's on you. You knew the events, you knew the implements, you didn't practice them, you didn't get good enough at them. So, like, there's no one else to blame. You know the events, you know the weights, go out there and and be well-rounded. The best, most well-rounded athlete is going to win, the one with the least amount of holes, because if, for myself, stone is the biggest biggest weakness for me. I say stones and log are my biggest weakness. Uh, if I go to a stone and I lose... I know stones is my weakness. I didn't address the weakness. I lost. That's on me. I can't blame anybody else. I need to be more well-rounded. So it, it we announced a lot of these events a long time ago in January. And we said there's eight events. And people knew that this is a single elimination tournament. So if you're a first-ranked guy after Saturday and you lose in your first head-to-head, that's on you. So I just find that to, I find that's going to be create a super exciting Sunday. Yeah, because those top guys... Where like if even if it's a semi like a semi weak event for them, they can't sandbag it. So they gotta they have someone beside them pushing them, and that guy who's clawing for maybe this is his event, this is his time to crack a podium or to beat those bigger fuckers and like get ahead of them and podium like ahead of them. Like this is their time. So it's gonna create a super competitive environment and I'm I'm pretty fired up about it because in strength sports, sometimes it's like you kind of said it on with uh, our last pod with with Denny. It was like the you versus you kind of thing, which I mean, it's fine to to want to be a better athlete and improve. But like, I don't compete for the betterment of myself. I compete to beat people. I want to win. Like, I think the me versus me is 
in the gym. It's in training. Yeah, right. it's it, it's the day to day stuff, and it and it's mainly for for the hot for like the hobbyist right yeah me me versus me is in the gym every day like if my deadlift's 500 pounds and in three months i hit 510 pounds i'm better than i was but competition today isn't me versus me in strongman it's me versus you versus that guy versus that guy and i'm gonna rip your goddamn eyes out because i do this to compete i don't do this just to, for fun this is like i said this is our nhl yeah and like sometimes fun isn't uh, competing isn't fun Right, you might have fun because yeah, you like to, but like, you're not going there. Be like, oh hey guys, hope you everyone has a good day and has a great workout. Like that's not what we're there for. It's to win. It's to like hit a PR or it's to like win a medal to qualify for something. Like you want to win and beat people. Competing is fun. Three months out, when you're excited <laughs> to train. Yeah. Uh, three months into competition, about six weeks out, you're you're over it. You hate it. You're like, I, I don't want to do this on, on competition day. You're, you're not having fun. And then about two hours after you're like, man, that was so much fun. <laughs> and that's usually yeah. the cycle. How it works. Yeah. Usually for me, it's a little bit closer in weightlifting. It's like a week to like two weeks out is when I'm start to like, I just want to get, I don't want to compete. I just want to get this over with day of competition is when I, I, I is the best for me. Like the actual competition part and then I'm like, thank God I do not have to do like heavy singles and squat five times a week again. <laughs> uh, so th- yeah, that's just a little little preview of kind of what our comp is about. Do you want to talk about Moss? Mass? Moss? Well, the Moss the Moss is kind of up in the air right now. We haven't had the fucking register. I'm throwing my hat in the ring in this. I'm a weak little bitch when it comes to grip. That is true. I want to win. Yeah, anybody wants to do Moss. This like we want this, coming for you, We Goggin. want this Moss wrestling tournament to run. I think we're at five guys signed up and one female right now. Um, Can so, I identify as a female for this specific event? I'm not. I'm not getting in that one. That's that's no way. <laughs> I'm not even making a joke about your nipples. Though. Uh, so anybody who's interested or thinking about, yeah, get on it, or we we might have to. Get yeah, it'll be thing. fun. Like it'll I mean, fun. it's. I don't even know how it runs. To be honest with you, do you? Two guys fighting over yeah, a stick, like, man. <laughs> fighting over a stick. Fighting it's so stick. primal. Like you see those Instagram videos of like guys just throwing rocks into like the water and sticks and stuff. It's like it's two dudes fighting over a stick. We're basically dogs. I was at my parents' house for uh, dinner, and um, I put it on TV to show my old man. And he's like, "What the <laughs> fuck am I watching?" I'm like, it's two guys wrestling over a stick." Well, yeah, that's it. If anybody's interested, yeah, uh, reach out to us because registration. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be like bracket style. Like, it, it depends on registration. Yeah. Like, I was hoping to have run two like pools and you play like a round robin and then crossovers. But right now, like, we'd be into a one round robin type style and yeah. yeah. But then the, the main event of that is Goggin versus Dave. Can't wait! Can't wait! And if you register for the Strongman event, you can do. Yeah, it's gonna the Moss is gonna run after the strongman comp. So after day one. So if anybody's interested in doing both, I think everybody but you uh is doing both. Got a leg up on the company. So yeah, you're coming in. I front. don't know. I'm gonna be staring at a screen, typing away, doing my nerd stuff. Yeah, you're gonna spend the day getting yelled at by me. So <laughs> <laughs> your anxiety level is gonna be through the roof. Um and so everyone knows it's in Burlington at uh EPC. It's it's a great a great uh, facility and we're really looking forward to it. We got a lot of cool sponsors. Like, like there's a couple 
tense, right? Like uh, yeah. So bacon and barbells, who's a staple in the strength community, they're going to be there with the table selling some merch. I'm pretty excited. I, I got a bunch of their stuff. They're also donating some prizes. Um, Valkyrie Strength is a sponsor. They've donated and helped us out with some equipment. Uh, VIP, which I think it's called now. Oh yeah, Victorum, yeah. Important persons, something like that. Yeah, our boy Jamie Phillips, who is uh, he's going to be donating some uh, some good prizes. It's like a month of coaching. Yeah, so for the U U one hundred five and the U ninety, he's going to do a month free nutrition coaching. So for the guys that have to make weight and is a little bit more important for what they're putting in their bodies because, you know, we're only six weeks out from provincials after this competition. Those guys are going to get a free month with Jamie. And if anybody who, anybody who doesn't know Jamie, he has multiple, multiple professional athletes that he's kind of dialed in. And he's been working closely with Taylor Woods, who trains here with us, who just went to the Arnold and came in third place. And he's worked with you and he's worked with me. And yeah, he's helped me. So I made, I made the decision to cut down from 105, a small 105 to a, super weak skinny 90 and uh he's been helping me dial in my weight cut so i think that as soon as as soon as he said yes i'm like to me it's a no-brainer like weight class athletes nutrition coaching absolutely and i think um epc has like a brewing company and nickelbrook uh, nickelbrook and cannot wait to crush ipas so yeah nickel we're gonna do keg stands (laughs) ipa keg stands afterwards surprise event (laughs) surprise event yeah um Uh, and then i think they have a food truck coming and a food truck's coming yeah Yeah, so uh, I'm kind of looking for. I think you need to take your band out of retirement and play. I think so. <laughs> we're, we're like one step away from this being Wakestock from 2003. I'm going to call Derek from Sum 41 and see if they <laughs> want to come open for us. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty fired up for the show. Like, uh, I mean, uh, Heathen w- went so well, and we've always kind of wanted to make them more like event style. So I feel like with the moss with the food truck the brewery there's a powerlifting meet going on there too um i feel like there's a lot happening and this is like this is almost like a poor man's toronto pro show vibe oh very poor man we're very poor yeah we're not men that well you're a man i'm i'm almost there <laughs> together we make half a man <laughs> yeah so and then but i think this is a good kickoff to summer yeah it's it's Right before Victoria Day is kind of going to kick off strongman season for a lot of the people that in the Southern Ontario region. Uh, you punch your ticket to Provincials, which is going to be awesome. It's in Ottawa this year. And then uh, you go to Provincials and then Nationals on October 22nd. So it sets up the year. I think it sets up the year very nice. I'm pretty excited to see how it goes. I'm excited to see how the head-to-head elimination goes. I've, I I hope it goes well. And I hope it, in my head it's gone really well. So I hope the athletes enjoy it. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll see if it was a good, like I said in all the videos, we'll see if this was the dumbest idea or the best idea I've ever had. And Only one way to find only out. one way to find out. Mm-hmm. And uh, super excited that Strongman Corp Canada got on board with it and uh, is definitely helping out the Southern Ontario athlete. Yeah. Otherwise, everybody in this region would have to travel to Sault Ste. Marie or Thunder Bay. And, I mean, a lot of the... A lot of people don't have that time of mo- kind of money. And yeah, after last year, provincials and nationals, like, I mean, you don't always want to have to go to one location to compete in those. But yeah, I was super happy when they when they said we'd do it. That was um, good. So we move on to the what was the other thing we were going to talk about? Mental preparation. Mental preparation. Yeah. A couple so guys asked about mental preparation leading into a comp. 
So I'll let you touch on that first and then I'll correct all the mistakes. <laughs> um, well, like to me, there's two ways of looking at it. If you are like on day two is different mentality than day one, right? Day two, it is the mentality of there's someone out there that is trying to take your spot from provincials. They're trying to take your prize money. They're trying to take your winnings away from you. Right. And, and that's kind of always been like the more on, on like maybe whether it's a team sport, or like where someone takes your spot on like a professional team or something and they kind of like they're taking your job. Right. I mean, this isn't as much of a job, but if you are someone who wants to win and you want to go to provincials and you want to go to nationals, you have to have that mentality. That's there's someone out there that's trying to take that away from you and you can't let them. Right. The other part is on on the Saturday, right? And that is more where it's internal, right? And there is no excuses on game day for you to fuck up. You just have to do your job, whether it's moving something, lifting something. I don't care what it is. No one else cares how shitty your sleep was, what your girlfriend or wife said to you. It... You, all weekend, you have one thing on your mind, and it is what you're the task at hand, which is moving that weight over your head or whatever the event is. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit more to kind of mentality of game day, like on game day. So I like that you touch like no excuses because we, at both as coaches, we definitely hold our athletes accountable. And as an athlete, I hold myself accountable. And I know we were talking about possibly doing some accountability stuff. Um, but I think Denny kind of touched on it a little bit too, and we can kind of expand on his idea. And so this is how I treat every single comp is you get your events, whether it's five, four, or in this case, eight. Um, so for the athletes in this, they need to kind of break it down into two days. Day one is you qualify for provincials. And then day two is you, you try and win your prize money and you, you try and clean out the, clean out the, the rest of the field. So to me going into every single competition and I, can't stress this enough. The most important event of every single competition is event one by far. So much so that we actually started an Axel clean and jerk seminar to try and prepare people for event one in our show. If you do well on event one, it sets you up for event two, event three, event four. And I think too many people don't put enough focus on finishing as high as possible in event one, even if it's a weak event for you. I have athletes that are not going to score well in the axle clean and jerk, but we have to maximize their points because my goal in every competition, and I've done this in every competition I've done, every single one, my goal is to win event one. I put the majority of my training into event one, no matter what it is, and I want to win event one because then I get to go last in event two. And depending on what event two is, I can either save energy or I minimize, minimize my damage. That going last in event two is such a huge advantage and people don't realize it. If you do any sort of competition against someone and you have someone else go first, the person that comes that goes after them will probably beat their time. Oh yeah. Like it's because there's a bar in, unless, unless you're shit at unless, it. unless it's a really, really weak event, yeah. but you also can then minimize your damage. So perfect example is... Um, Who are you going to call out right now? What's that? Are you going to call someone out right now? 
Oh, I was going to call myself out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect example of is, like I said earlier, is log is not a strong suit for me. At Provincials 2021, I won event one uh, sandbag throws, which set me up well to go last in the log. The guy who was my biggest competition in that con- in that show did two or did a hundred, sorry, he did 13 reps in a minute on the log. To finish second in that event, I only needed five. So I knew I did not have to do 14 because I wasn't going to be able to get 14, number one. But also, I didn't have to do seven either. I was able to save my energy, and I only had to do five. He had no idea what I was going to do. He put out 13. He exhausted himself. So that set me up well for event three. Now, I didn't really go out and execute, which was on me. I only got four, put me down the standings, but that was that was the plan, <laughs> right? But that was on me. <laughs> Uh, but but it's yeah. such an advantage, and I don't think enough athletes realize that the focus, a lot of the focus, should be on event number one. And when I when I base my programming for my athletes, I try and maximize their points on event one to set them up for the rest of the day. And I don't know if every other athlete is doing. That. And even if event one is a bad event for you, like I said, it's about minimizing the damage. Yeah, I'm chewing. Other than that, in terms of kind of mentality, is there's a lot of anxiety when it comes to training, or sorry, when it comes to competing. And athletes are afraid to lose. And you can't be afraid to lose, right? And you can't be afraid to lose to somebody who's better than you. You have to have your plan, you have to execute your plan. And if you lose to somebody who's better than you, then you lost to somebody better than you. There's nothing you can change about that. There's nothing you can change. There, like, I can't go into an Olympic weightlifting meet and beat you. I can't do it. No one can. <clears throat> yeah. The only way that would happen is if you beat yourself. Yeah. Like, when I go to provincials, I'm competing against, like, the three guys that are, like, the best in Canada. I'm not going to beat them. Right? If I go to a local meet, there's more, more people I'm going to be able to beat. But I'm not scared to lose against guys that I know are going to beat me. Right? When it's like a, a bit of a battle and if I lose because I miss a lift, that's a different story, right? But if I'm losing against the guy that went to the Olympics last year, it's not it's not going to bother me, right? If I lose to against a guy who has a lower total than me and I underperform, that's where the issue is. Exactly. And I, th- I think there has to be a separation between losing and getting beat. If you lose, right? If we go to a competition and you lose to me, it's because you lost, you made a mistake. You either weren't prepared, uh, executed or execution wasn't there. And you made a mistake and I beat you. If we go to a competition and I beat you, then you can go home and be like, well, that guy beat me. Yeah. It was better than me today. You could have PR'd everything. You could have, um, had a great meet, like not like done everything to perfection and someone can still beat you. Yeah, and in in difference in strongman and Olympic lifting is minimum we, we have five events. I I can't go to a show usually if I if I go to a good show if I go to a local show I've gone to local shows and won every event, but I can't go to a Not high a quality I, I can't go to a quality event and win every event. It's about like I said maximizing my points, minimizing my damage, and understanding that. But if I go do a if I go do a farmer carry and I rush my farmer pick and I drop it. Well, that's a mistake. Yeah. I'm going to give you a second, and now I lost you because I screwed up. I made a mistake. So that has to be the mentality going is you can't be afraid to lose, but you also can't beat yourself. 
And that's where I think a lot of, especially newer athletes getting into the sport. And I, I find this with athletes I coach is it usually takes three or four shows before they start to understand. I can't beat myself. I can't make these mistakes because there's shows that are separated by half a point. And if you drop a yoke or you drop a farmer's or you rush a log and exhaust yourself on a clean, there's your half a point and you're, you're, you're leaving points on the table. And one thing I think to help minimize that like performance anxiety is keep everything the same, right? Don't change what you eat the night before. Don't, don't like have like a different warm up. Don't warm up too much or too little, right? Like keep it the same. I, for every competition I do, I eat the exact same shit. I buy the same shit, whether I weight cut or not, I buy and drink a Pedialyte. And I buy a Snickers, but I don't actually eat it because I've bought one every single competition. And I don't, don't eat it. it because I, I haven't in the last like couple of years, but I've like six years ago, my first meet, I had a Snickers and I bought it every for like a couple of years and would eat it. But now I don't even eat it, but I still buy it. It's in my bag. I have an apple and two bananas. I don't eat them. I have two PB and J's. I eat one and a half. Like it's, it's the same, right? The same. I wear the same knee sleeves. I wear the same socks. I wear the same compressions. I wear the same singlet. Like I don't change anything there. There to a, I, to a point though, you can't be so rigid right. in that routine that yeah. say you say your daughter set your sock on fire the night before and you're going to go bomb out because fuck. <laughs> well, I have my excuse lined up already. I'm wearing one sock different, right? Yes. Yes. Like where, I mean, I just do that just to, to make it the same. I, I pack my bag the night before. I, I, I just make sure all, I just make sure there's not too many variables that I cannot control. Yeah. Right. It's a familiarity. thing. Yeah. And, and even like for people that compete at provincials for the first time, it might be the first time they're ever staying over at a hotel before their competition, or they have to drive two hours before a competition. Right. So like those things you won't be able to change, but minimizing the uncontrollables is, is what you want. Yeah. It takes out that anxiety. The biggest, the biggest thing, like this will be for people who might have to fly or to provincials or nationals is always keep your gear on your carry on. I was at an international meet and someone put his singlet and shoes in his check bag and it didn't arrive. He had to wear someone else's shoes and singlet in the competition. Oh, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think so. So if you're flying, this is the most keep your shit on the plane. This is on your carry on value you brought to this podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good one. That is a good one. And I like you say, don't like when are you gonna go to competition? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna warm up better today than I did it every other training day. Like Yeah, you've been warming up the same half assed way for the last six months of training. Just keep it the same. Yeah. Yeah. And and the biggest one. Don't all of a sudden do your fucking adductors and, and glute bands if you've never done them before. Exactly. Uh, and the last, the biggest one I think for mentality going to a competition is nobody cares. No. Nobody fucking cares, guys. If you come in last place, if that is the worst case scenario, you go to a show and you come in last place, I promise you the only person who cares is you. Like nobody else fucking cares. No, and like nobody's gonna remember that. No one's even paying attention to you, really. Most people are focusing on themselves unless they're jockeying for points, right? 
but like that's the only reason they even care about someone else right exactly and they may not even know that's a bad day for you they might think you had a good day they'll probably come up and be like good job and fist bump you and people people will underperform in a show because they're so worried about not performing well yeah they put that pressure they put that anxiety on you nobody cares about you just go out like i feel like this is a viagra (laughs) (laughs) nobody cares about your flaccid penis but i've seen i've seen guys smash lifts in the gym and then they go to competition and it's like oh that guy underperformed well if you're underperforming two or three shows in in a row it, there's got to be something there. There's there's a reason that you are not performing in a show. And I see it firsthand with some of our athletes is they're so worried about not winning or not competing well or not showing or whatever other people think about them Yeah, that they build up the anxiety, they build up the stress, and it's energy draining. And then they go and they can't clear their head and they can't perform. Guys, we love all of you, but we don't give a fuck if yeah. you come in last place. Yeah. <laughs> uh last provincials i needed to make one clean and jerk to win and i missed all of them and i had people come up to me after and be like oh like good job today how'd you do like they didn't even know that i missed all my cleaning jerks and i ended up bombing out like that's how little i was like oh people actually don't care yeah they really don't and you you got in the car, you went home to your wife, you played with your daughter, you came to work, and I still thought you were an asshole and yeah. called you a fucking loser, so nothing changed. I'm still going to be the same mediocre you're still, athlete. You're yeah. still the same Dave after coming in last place. Yeah, so, and and that's the thing, and I know it's like, it's it's almost that balance of like being super competitive and like life goes on. It's not the worst thing in the world if you lose, right? Even if you have a bad day, right? Like, you don't compete to play it safe, right? You compete to win, so... Follow your fucking game plan. Try as hard as you can and do what you're supposed to do. Do things, be patient with things, be under control with things. Don't try and do shit too fast and rush stuff. And you should have a good competition. And if you don't, okay, you know what to work on next time. Right? Don't beat yourself up. Cause yeah. yeah it, it, like if, you, if you constantly are beating yourself down for a bad competition, you won't enjoy this and you won't do this. Yeah. Like we do this for fun. Even though we sit, like, we love to compete, but the competing part is fun. We do this for fun. We do this for health reasons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, getting up in the morning is very tough. But it's fun. Like, we love doing it. And if if we don't get that, if we don't get that release of the competition, it's hard to train. Yeah. So enjoy your competitions because it makes training, it gives training purpose. Yeah. And, and like, it's, it's a competition, but, like, some of the best things about competition is being with the community too right like it's such a um positive community for the most part that like i don't even compete in strongman and i love going to them right like i i meet people i just love i think it's so, so badass i could never do it but like i think it's so badass and everyone is super supportive i haven't had a single person say something negative to me at a competition Come stand with me. <laughs> I get all it's the usually ne- your athletes say negative stuff to you, though. I get all the negative. <laughs> I got a thick skin. I can <laughs> So, I mean, go have fun. Fucking, like, I mean, it sounds super corny, but try your best. But, um, and try and win. Like, you don't go there to, to, to really to make friends, but it is a super fun environment. Have a game plan. Don't, yeah. don't go and just throw darts at the board. 
And if you if you don't have a coach that helps you come up with a game plan, then you got training training partners that can. If you got no training partners that can, then you got you got guys on the internet that I'm sure you talk to about training all the time. So come up with a game plan and go into your competition with a game plan and just execute that game plan. Yep. All right, let's throw it over to Jordan from Ward Salts. with Ward Smelling Salt Genius, uh, Patrick, I've, I've screwed everybody's last name up, so I'm not going to try. Uh, it's Inglot. It's, a, it's not very common here in North America, so, but yeah, it's pronounced Inglot. So when you say North America, are you from UK or where are you from? Uh, my family immigrated from Poland in the late 80s. So although I was born myself in Toronto, Canada, uh, it was a few years after my parents immigrated. So actually, I grew up speaking Polish as my first language. All right. And so you were, you were an Ontario boy. Ontario boy originally, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. probably your neck of the woods. All the Albertans and everybody out west is watching this. Ontario is God's country. Yeah, that's right. We all came from there eventually at some point. So that's right. Uh, so Ward smelling salt, is that that's your baby, that's your thing. Is that is that what you do full time now? Is that your only your only gig or is that like everything's going into that? Correct. Full time uh, I've been in Ward exclusively full time for a while now, actually. Uh, I first started the company back in 2019, and it grew so fast and so quick that I pretty much ended up uh, going full-time with Ward within about six months, five months of it going live. Right on. So 2019, what, what do you think? What, what is it about the salt set? Because this is kind of the story I same heard, I heard with some other guys too is that it just exploded. So what is it in the straight community that made salts explode so quickly? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of people that had the same issue that I was having. So I was an amateur power lifter who was looking at all the top dogs and just like everyone else, I wanted to do what they're doing. And I always see that they're using smelling salts. So I went and try, tried to buy smelling salts myself and I walked into a bunch of different supplement stores. None of them had it. Uh, I couldn't find it easily on Amazon or other websites without first making other purchase minimums. So when I finally got my hands on a bottle, it came to me, a competitor's bottle, and it was very cheaply made, low resolution labels, very small. I activated it, it lasted maybe a week or two. And I said to myself, there's just no way that this is the best product in the market. Someone's gotta be able to do this better. And I've always been pretty good at chemistry. So I figured, you know what, I'm gonna give it a go. And I created a smelling salt that was for me, because I wanted something that was insanely strong. I took a bunch of bottles to a powerlifting meet, and handed out to a bunch of competitors. And by the end of the meet, there's people coming up to me with their wallets out. Hey man, can I get a bottle? Can I get a bottle? Can I get a bottle? I said, guys, these are just originally for me and the guys competing, but um, yeah, I can make more. And so I did my first run and it just blew up in popularity because we made it easily accessible to purchase uh, by quickly getting as many retailers on board as we could. And secondly, because we, I created something that I thought was missing. I wanted a bottle that was high quality, that lasted a long time, that hit me like a train every single time. I wasn't looking for the cheapest product. I wanted the product that actually worked. It's funny that you say that because uh, after using your product, which now exclusively that's what we're using uh, in our gym and with Canadian Strength Supply, is this the first thing I noticed is some of the other, some of the other salts we used before, they'd, be, they'd hit you good for maybe three or four days and then that strength would definitely drop off. But I found your stuff, like it definitely lasts two times as long. And um, we'll talk, we'll get into kind of the lines you have, but your, your aluminum refill bottle, 
uh, that mm-hmm. lasted me like almost a month. And it still, every time I hit it, it, it was a good punch in the face. So you're onto something there with that aluminum refillable. Uh, where's yeah. That's the Asylum? That's the Asylum. That's this one right here. So this is actually made from double wall stainless steel. And one thing we did, we, even when we first created a uh, bottle insanity, we spent an insane amount of time on testing different iterations of seals, cap and bottle combinations, because it's very easy to make something waterproof. It's very difficult to make something gas proof. the second you have the ammonia gas in the bottle, it's under a mild amount of pressure. And it's very difficult to have a seal that's going to keep that locked in there. A second you have littlest leak, your bottle ends up dying in a week or two. And that's what we aim to solve with Ward. So that's what Bottled Insanity did. And we took it a whole step further with the stainless steel version. We actually have a rubber gasket inside of this bottle here. So not only is it double wall stainless steel, it's paired up a rubber gasket. And this is what power lifters really like, especially the guys who take a big width and love to shut the bottle across the gym and it doesn't break on them, right? It's such a shame to throw a bottle and then boop, it, the plastic bottle breaks on a plate and there goes 20 bucks, right? Exactly, yeah. And the worst thing you want is you're about to go for a heavy squat or heavy deadlift. And you go hit the ammonia and there's nothing there because it's 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 weared out so uh, exactly it's not what you expected yeah. as genius said, that's what you put your kind of research into is making it last longer in the gas seal because that's the first thing i noticed when i used your product was three weeks after i was still getting the same effect as i was on day one so well done on that thank you yeah that's where we put our passion into i always say smelling salts is all we do so we do it well I'm, i've been doing strong man for about two and a half years and i just maybe in the last year and a half, started introducing salts. Tell someone who's listening to this, who's never used salts or is interested in salts, basically what the salts are doing and why they should be using salts. Yeah, so there is the very scientific explanation and there's like the simple quick one. And the sciencey one gets a little too deep, so we'll, we'll stick with the quick one. And what we're doing is we're basically triggering our body to release a bunch of adrenaline. Um, we're getting into the science part. We're, tri- we're triggering our hypothalamus gland. We're causing a bunch of re- adrenaline release. And at the same time, the ammonia is also increasing our heart rate, increasing our rate of respiration. So we're bringing in more oxygen, we're increasing our heart rate, and we're uh, creating a release of adrenaline. So we've all heard those crazy stories about how a mom lifts a car off her toddler in a rollover accident or something. It's because adrenaline lets us push our muscles further than we could normally. And that's exactly what we're doing is we're taking that release of adrenaline ammonia causes and using it to lift heavier, shoot faster, skeet harder, whatever sport we're in. Right. Oh, that's a, that's a great segue. You guys just recently, I don't know how recently, but you guys have re- released a cold, a cold salt for a hockey player. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my, yeah, it's this one right here. Yeah. I'll put that up close to the camera there. Yeah. My, my main source of uh, income is I own a, I own a hockey school. So when I saw that on your website, I was like, Hey, that's, that's a great idea because we actually have quite a bit of athletes buy some of the salts off us for hockey. So moving on in the future, this is a great addition for us at Canadian Strength Supply because Canadian Strength Supply is actually located in a hockey school. But uh, talk to us about what's the difference between the cold, the cold salts, and then your asylum and your doom cylinder and your sanity stuff. Sure. Uh, so firstly, I mean, the hockey markets, uh, they've been using smelling salts for a long time and they've been using the snap ampules as anyone who's used the snap ampules, we all know they're about a third as strong as the bottles are, right? So anyone who's looking to take their ammonia games to the next level is looking for the bottle style. 
Now we work directly with an NHL team. We sent them a bunch of our bottle of insanity. Um, at this point, it's no secret of the Calgary Flames. Uh, we got a, we got a lot of feedback from them as to what they thought about it. And what we noticed is when you constantly went in from hot, cold, hot, cold, cold ice rinks, back to normal weather, cold ice rinks, uh, we found that what's happening is they would actually lose potency. And after a bunch of testing, what we realized was it was coming down to the seal that was responsible for the, the, the constant expansion and shrinking. It was the seal in the lid. So we developed a special lid just for the hockey bottle uh, that's designed to have no shrinkage or expansion in those constant temperature swings. So now hockey players, when they open their bottle on the 10th use in a cold rink, then they're getting exactly what they expect. This is a problem normal powerlifters don't have because they just keep it in their gym bag, but these guys actually have it in the ice rink. Hey, I, I, I'm the first one to say I throw my gym bag in the truck. I leave it in the truck overnight and living in camp. Yeah. It was cold, so it comes. That might be a good thing for for power athletes too, because at the heart we're lazy. Like I put my gym bag in the truck, <laughs> I with me every day. So that's yeah. For us Canadians, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a sore. Yeah, can't, uh, we are working. Canadian problem for sure. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, every guy listening to this can they all know about shrinkage. So shrinkage is definitely a problem. Oh yeah, <laughs> Canadian problem. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you guys are uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. So Canadian company, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And the reason um, I want to do this is because you guys, this is the second event that you guys have sponsored with us, Canadian Strength Supply and the Strength Events. So you guys sponsored our event back in December. Uh, mm -hmm. The athletes got a bottle of um, your insanity, uh, and again, you're going to supply all of our athletes for the May Madness show. Uh, and mm -hmm. I've heard nothing but great things and. Actually, a lot of people reached out, and uh, we're going to be stocking the Ward product line in Canadian Shrink Supply. Uh, so, just tell us a little bit about what, what's next. Like, you got your four lines, uh, but what are you guys doing to grow next? And what's like the next? What's the next year look like for Ward Smelling Salts? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I was we were just at the Arnold, for example, and I had a lot of customers come up to me, and they kept asking me, "What else do you guys make? What else do you guys make? Do you guys make lifting straps? Do you guys make lifting belts? Do you make this or that?" And I have a simple theory when it comes to the company is if I can't make it better, I'm not going to make it. So, I, and that's what we tell my customers is we're not going to get into a lifting strap game because I don't think we can make lifting straps any better than they already are. Uh, same with belts. There's such great belts in the market. We can't make them better. Uh, so unless it was something that we genuinely feel that we can make better, like we saw with smelling salts, we're not going to touch it. Either make it better or don't make it. Um, and our second theory is that we want to stay entirely focused on smelling salts. Uh, every single time we look at, at any other product, all it does is take attention away from what we should be doing and what made us successful in the first place is making the best possible smelling salts in the market. Even though our product's great, I still believe there's room to iterate and room to make it better. And that's where our focus is going to be continuously on is how do we make our smelling salts even better and what's the next idea? Now, we do have some pretty big ideas in the pipeline, which are all smelling salt related. Can't get into the specifics yet. It's still, still a bit hush-hush. But in the next year, you're going to see some pretty cool stuff coming off of the platform of Asylum. So what do I got to do to get one of those uh, little bear, the sour bear things? Like, I saw you yeah. got the Arnold. And uh, yeah. they specifically just for the Arnold, and then that's it? Or like, are those, are those going to be available to the, to the customer base? So the cool thing about those is you can't buy them. Uh, we made exactly 100 of them. Uh, we did it, made 100 of them because it was a fun little side project. Uh, we had the opportunity to do it. 
and we're we've been distributing them exclusively to people who are kind of our super fans retailers that kind of stuff um people who have sent us like user generated content that we've reposted on our page has been super useful uh the kind of customer who's ordered his 15th bottle of ward and you know with those super fans uh we've been sending it out to those people as a thank you because to us it's something that's unique um and you can only own it if you're in some way affiliated with the company or you've done something for the company where you've been a super fan uh, so when you place an order for the for your store there, we'll send you one. That's, there you go. So as for anybody listening to this, you guys want, there's a company that's giving you free shit for supporting them, right? And, exactly. and I, I don't know, like any promoter will know, will know this, but anybody who just is an athlete and just competes, like we can't run shows without support from companies like you guys. Like there's just, there's just no way. I remember I had a, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, he made a joke like, yeah, when you make your next, hundred thousand running strongman shows you can buy a piece of equipment i laughed at him i'm like are you out of your mind like we lose money on every single show we make and the amount of money that we lose would be quite a bit higher if it wasn't for companies like you guys and every time we've gone to you you guys have been judged right on board and supported us and support the athletes uh and the one thing about the strongman athletes that that i'm around every day is those athletes are supporting the companies that are supporting us so i i thank you for definitely for helping us out with our with our shows and I hope you're getting you're getting it back on the other side too but uh definitely love the product uh, big fan and the yeah the asylum is badass stuff so uh keep doing what you're doing uh no but you make a very good point there is uh we, we work with a lot of different meets and sponsors or different shows that we sponsor and I've never heard one of them tell me that they make a bunch of money on it no. everyone says the same thing is they lose money um it's it really is a labor of love um so i mean the real things goes up to you guys are putting in all the work and organizing this and putting these shows on in the first place and for us i mean we like to sponsor at an athlete level of course uh in terms of uh, providing product for the guys and um making their registration fees go further and all that but you know if it wasn't for you guys we wouldn't have that opportunity at all so um i mean to you guys and to every other meet we we were involved with that i mean the real thanks goes out to you guys because uh, you guys just give us a platform and absolutely make sure we're supporting Canadian companies. You guys are a Canadian company, so everybody should be hitting you guys up. Actually, I did have a couple, I did have a question that somebody wanted me to ask you. Uh, is there, is there any study or kind of uh, information on what long-term use of smelt salts do? Like, I mean, I coach, I coach about 15 athletes and uh, I tell them they shouldn't be hitting salts every single lift or every single work. Like they shouldn't be third or four days a week. They shouldn't be on their top set hitting the salt every week. Kind of what, what's your opinion on how often or when they should be using their salts? And does the body adapt to it? Is it, is it adaptable where if you're using it every time, when you go to need it on a lift, on a comp platform, is your body going to adapt to that? Or are you still going to get kind of the same reaction every time? Like, what, what, do, you, what do you know about that? Because that's above my pay grade. Yeah, so we've done, obviously, an immense amount of research on this. And it is a well-researched subject because ammonia inhalants have been around for over a thousand years uh, used in the medical field. So there are well-researched studies done on it. Uh, so the way I like to compare it is to like drinking coffee. If you drank 20 cups of coffee every single day, even though coffee is fine, you're gonna have a problem because you're drinking 20 cups a day. Now with ammonia inhalants, if you're doing it for every single lift, every single workout, it's the same thing. You're gonna have a problem. And actually the side effects are quite similar to too much coffee is you're gonna have what's called adrenal fatigue. You're overstimulating your brain with adrenaline, right? So the recommended usage of ammonia inhalants or smelling salts is top sets. Right, you're doing your uh, 
max outs or one rep max, three rep max, five rep max, something like that. You're going for your top sets, using it a couple times, maybe three times a week. You should not be using it every single set, right? It's, it, you wouldn't drink a coffee. You wouldn't, let's put it this way, you wouldn't drink an energy drink before every single set. So you're not going to hit ammonia before every single set. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good comparison right there. I like that. Yeah, I, thanks for coming on. Uh, anybody looking for salts? You guys, uh, where can anybody find you on Instagram and website? Yeah, we're definitely on Instagram, um, and our website is wardsmellingsalts.com. But more importantly, we have a lot of great retailers that carry our product, and a lot of great Canadian retailers. So if there's a Canadian retailer that already carries our product, buy it from them and support other can, companies. Who's, where can they find what, what retailers? Uh, well, obviously you guys are going to be carrying it, right? Yeah. Uh, so we want to direct people there. Uh, InnerStrengthProducts.ca, uh, Strong Arm Sport, a couple off the head of a, for great Canadian ones. There's a lot of brick and mortar stores that carriers carry our products as well that are just um, on the corner of stores. So you can just check those guys out. They might already have work for all we know. Uh, Boss Supplements is another great Ontario company that a lot of their stores you say I saw you guys in Boss Supplements, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, Boss Supplements. Uh, that was the name I was trying to think of there. Uh, a lot of Boss Supplement stores carry our, our products as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check them out. Make sure, make sure as athletes, we are supporting all the companies that are supporting your strength events because without them, we couldn't do it. And uh, we'll talk again. Really appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Bye for now. Bye. Anyway.